no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. To the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we preview the 2022 draft class and their expected roles this season, and much, much more. Ada, what's the good word, my guy? Man, I'm doing good, man. Holiday pass, Perez. I'm done eating barbecue for a while, man. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, I ain't good over the weekend, brother. Can't even complain, man. Can't even complain. Sad news out of uh, sad news out of Highland Park. I wanted to take a couple moments here and you know give my condolences to any. Uh, family and, and friends of any of the victims and any of the people that were affected by that tragedy. I mean, a it's getting crazy out here, man. Every week we're on this show talking about this world, man, just not being the world that I just, we're not being our best versions of ourselves right now, man. We're really not. No, we're not. We definitely not, man. You're right, man. What happened to Highland Park was tough to even hear, tough to even digest. And then it's on 4th of July at that. It's hard, man. And I hate to see tragic things like that happening because people are just trying to celebrate have a good time for us and when stuff like that happens when you're trying to have a good time that's even tougher right i mean dude it happened 30 minutes from my crib bro and and honestly a dub i didn't even really know what was going on i was at the gym trying to get like a little quick little workout in and then mm -hmm. my phone started blowing up everybody's like hey you good you good i'm like yeah man i'm just at the gym i had no idea what was going on and then when I like got to the crib and I saw it on TV and I'm like, dude, this is crazy. We just were talking about a mass shooting a week ago. Yep. And here we are all over again. And the guy was at, at large and I'm thinking like, well, shit, that's like half hour from here. I'm like, well, I'm going to stay in the crib until they figure this thing out. So now I'm right. going to lock down the crib. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, bro. Crazy. Very crazy, man. And um, it, it's sad, like you said, man. Too many of these mass shootings uh, continue to happen. And friends, we got to do something about this stuff, man. It's just happening way too often, man. No, it really is. And I don't even know what, what, what you can do because it's a combination of the gun laws. It's a combination of mental illness. Yep. And, and some people will say, well, they're like press, but... Is it only mental illness and men? Because women ain't out here doing that shit. And it's like, well, shit, I don't know. You got a good point because I've had some people say that to me. But I don't know what it is, man. I really can't put my finger on it. I just know that we're in a society, man, where people just don't care about the other person's life. And that's sad. You know what I mean? It really is. Yeah, it's sad, man. And for that reason alone, Perez, you're right. We don't have the solutions, but we got to try something, right? Don't help anybody by doing nothing. So something got to be done, some kind of change, man, to try to get things in the right perspective. But just seeing it and watching it and seeing how people are impacted by it, Perez, the tears and the fear. That's too much, man. I don't want anybody having fear of wanting to go outside for us to right. an event. You know what I'm saying? That's hard, bro. Really hard. Like a parade, you know, like and then in Philly, they, they had the issue there where they had shooting at the at the fireworks. To your point, A-Dub, I think it's going to come to a point where people are going to be like, I'm not going to any large events. Right. Nope. Rightfully so. But we shouldn't be at that point, man. We and, and that's that's the thing. It's like you should you would think that 
4th of July, whatever occasion it may be, you're free and, and welcome to do whatever you want to do. I mean, you know I run 5Ks and half marathons. Now, that's right. been going in my head lately. Like, man, I don't know about running in these 5Ks now. Because it seems like that's when things happen, when there's big crowds around. People, somebody want to do something crazy, Chris. Hey, but tragically, you know, to harm other people. And that's just not right. No, it really isn't. But again... On behalf of the Bear Essentials, I, I just want we want to give our heartfelt condolences to any of the victims, any of their family and friends and, and just loved ones. Like it's just tough, man. And I, I want to get yeah. into the episode here, but I wanted to start the show off by acknowledging that because that happened in our backyard. This happened in, yes, in our is. Chicagoland area. And I thought that it's appropriate for us to bring that up on this show. Very well said, Fred. So AW, let's get into the show, man. I wanted to get your thoughts. We didn't get a chance to talk about this last week. But well, we see where Ryan Poles, man, this man right here, he's showing, he's showing a little ruthless side because he fired your boy Sue Kim. Now, Ada, this one kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, okay, yeah. Sue Campbell was a part of the team that interviewed and helped Ryan Poles get his gig. And my man, my man Ryan Poles fired him on his vacation, on his day off. <laughs> like, really, dude, you couldn't wait till he came back from vacation? You couldn't have a face-to-face -face conversation? This is over the phone. I'm like, it just shows you, like, what kind of relationship does Ryan Poles have with Sue Campbell? It came across kind of harsh, Perez, and I was, like, very well shocked, too. Well, so this is the thing. Now, A-Dub, when I saw it come over the way it did, two things popped in my head. First thing was, I wonder if something that's really, really uh, serious happened because of the nature of how he fired him. But then, yeah. too, it also kind of made me think, well, everybody's talking about how Sue Campbell was popular with the players, but we're talking about a losing culture on this team in the past. So in one sure. instance, I was kind of like, well, who cares if the players were, were like the guy? If he was a part of that losing culture, then he could go. I, I get that part of it, but I, I kind of look at it as well, like, why not? This is like, I don't know. Perez make you speculate that did something really happen over the last couple of weeks or but you're right. The culture has been a losing culture, and he was part of it. But still, at the end of the day, like, wow, all of a sudden now. Because it kind of came like all of a sudden. When Poles had that first press conference, and you remember that. Yeah. He thanked each member of the committee by name, including Sue Campbell. And so Tanisha Wade, she was also a part of that committee. She didn't get fired. So in my mind, and I've even put some feelers out there, A-Dub and audience. I asked some of my, some of my friends in law enforcement, I'm like, hey, did he think come across y'all blotter about this guy? Did he do anything? And they said, <laughs> for, as far as they're concerned, they didn't see nothing come across on him. So I'm really scratching my head here. Like, what the hell happened? But you know it's got to be something deeper, and we'll probably never find out what exactly happened. Or we just might when Sue Campbell get a chance to speak out. I don't think I – so he might decide to throw something out there, or maybe not, Chris, to your point. But it'll be interesting to hear – does he have something to say? If, 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 if Bears fans, if you guys haven't noticed anything about Ryan Poles, he's completely changed around his personnel department, scouts, and also other officials. Man, this might just be another move by Poles to just surround himself and Matt Eberflus with people that they're more comfortable with and who were not a part of the last regime. That's part of why he made this move. But just to do it on his vacation, though, damn. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's kind of hard right there, friends, to take an L like that, to find out when you're chilling out with your family, probably having a good time, and then you get a phone call, hey, it's Ryan Poles. Hey, how you doing, man? You probably chopping up with them. I got to tell you, man, your time is up, you know? Well, I tell you one thing, man, I have never been fired from a job before in my life, and I can only imagine if I'm on vacation, 
You just think about this. Sue Campbell, he's a part of this personnel department. They're putting in long hours, been putting in a lot of work, probably a well-deserved vacation for him. And you get that yeah. type of call on your vacation? That puts a damper on your vacation. It's over. <laughs> vacation over. Yeah, I just think the timing and the manner of the way it happened, there's just, it, to me, you can't tell me that there's not more to the story here. And I think right. we'll, we'll hear it out. But I think it, it, my first reaction was like, damn, that was harsh. But we never know. There's always another side to the story. That's why you can't always have that first reaction until all details come out. You know what I mean? I'm with you there, Perez. I think there's probably going to be some more details that come out. May they all, may they all come out. They may not all come out at once. But they're going to come out. My last point in this, man, people don't get fired on their vacation for no reason. So, like I yeah. said, it's something there. We just haven't we just haven't gotten all the information there. But like I said, uh, Sue Campbell was one of the people that was instrumental in bringing Ryan Poles here. I'm, yep. I'm wondering and thinking that he probably couldn't have taken that firing lightly. So I'm just wondering if it's just <laughs> more to the story. It has to be, right? It has to be. It ain't going to happen just like that, man. That? What if it's a legal matter? Sometimes it's a legal matter. You got to give it 72 hours the play out, then you can make a move and you have to make a move quickly because then if it was a legal matter and Ryan Pohl sat on it and didn't fire the guy, then he could have taken heat for that. So it is possible that, you know what, maybe Sue Campbell probably knew this was coming. You just never know. Yeah, you don't. And that's the thing. So we're all speculating here. We don't know anything. I will tell y'all this. I did try to find out something. I was hitting up all kinds of people <laughs> I know in law enforcement. Man, they had nothing. I'm like, damn, nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, up, let's get into it, man. So on this episode, audience, we're going to talk about a couple things. Before we get into our preview of the draft class and their roles for the 2022 season, A-Dub, I wanted to talk through the offense. I wanted to get your thoughts on an area of the offense that concerns you heading into training camp and obviously going into the season as of right now. What concerns me, Prez, and this may also hit you as well, is that I am still concerned about the chemistry of this offense. When I mean chemistry, I, we talk about just the fields and the wide receiver core. That's still a point. I know people talk about the talent level, but for me, it's more important about the chemistry level because you don't have that, Perez. It's going to be tough. And we saw last season, right? Now, I'm not going to throw all the blame on, on, on the um, the coaching staff, but the chemistry just didn't seem there either, man. Like those guys, something was off. Right. So if you don't have a good chemistry with this unit here, and you know, I, like I know, Perez, sometimes chemistry takes a while. And I see Darnell Mooney, you know, uh, Muddy Moon and Justin Fields been getting it in. But what about everybody else, Chris? What about everybody else? Pringle, uh, Jones Jr., like what's happening there, man? How are we going to get there? So that's a big problem, a big concern for me going into this. Well, Velas, he's going to head up to uh, – he's going to head out there to Atlanta and, and post up a Muddy Moon and, and Justin. So I think he's kind of came in right away. We talked about it in the show how he's kind of looking and seeing how those guys have that chemistry together. I think that chemistry is something important, but I also think to piggyback off what you said, I think that wide receiver position, while I think that they're going to probably be better than what a lot of people are giving them credit for. Right. Let's just be honest. As of right now, when teams are looking at that wide receiver core, I don't think a lot of teams are afraid of this damn Bears. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> but I think we can surprise some people. And you know what name that people aren't really talking about a lot right now is Daz Newsome. Now, he yeah. was a guy last year that we kind of hyped up on the show. You know, rookie, electric player from the University of North Carolina. I know A-Dub is a basketball school. I get it. However, yep. this kid had an injury play rookie year. No one's really talking about him. That's a guy right here that I think could prove himself this summer. I think that this guy could make a role for himself. The opportunity's out there. Hey, Perez, you hit it right on the head, man. They actually are. 
And the good thing you and I keep talking about when it comes down to uh, with uh, Eberflus is that, hey, he's not married to anybody right now. So Daz has a, a great chance, man, So to show some folks, hey, what he's able to do. So this will be good for him, and I hope he's able to do that, Prince. No, I agree with you. But I think that offensive line, that's something yeah. that we've talked about a shit ton this offseason. Audience, this ain't a surprise. Nope. Justin Fields, as we talk about, one of the most important pieces of this team, not just this season, but going forward. And when you look at this offensive line, there's still a lot of question marks, and we're going to get into that when we talk about our position battles a little bit later on in the show. However, we don't really know who's going to be where. We don't really know what these guys are going to be able to do. We don't know much about the scheme. We don't know much about the play calling. We don't know much about the system. And so right now when I look at things and I'm like, oh, man, are they going to be able to protect Justin? Because that guy got hit way too often last season. You and I talked about that so much last season. You don't bring a rookie quarterback, a franchise-caliber rookie quarterback in here, and don't protect him. Right. That's the easiest way to lose a young quarterback. So, for me, it's got to be that offensive line, bro. Got to be the offensive line. They got to get that shit soared up at training camp. Find you five guys and stick with those five guys. I don't want to see the musical chairs. Just find the five best guys and get them out there. Because you hit it right on the head, man. When you say stick with five guys, bro, that is deep because we've been seeing musical chairs a lot. Putting people over here at the left tackle, putting people at the right tackle, right? A lot of musical chairs going on right there. You're right, man. We got to get to that point to where, hey, you know what? This is our five. We're going with that, man. So I don't know who it's going to be, what it's going to look like. You're right. I have no clue. But <laughs> that chemistry go matter, too. So they yep. need time together. In fact, still, you know, because speaking of that, now when you think about position battles, think about that offensive tackle. Now, for one while there, they had Borum over at left tackle. Jenkins over at right tackle. Then we see mm-hmm. when they do the flip, when they put Borum back at right tackle and they elevate Braxton Jones to left tackle, now right. Tevin Jenkins is running with the twos. <laughs> you got Sam Mustafer at, at right guard. You know, you, we, already knew, we already knew Patrick was going to be at center and we knew that Cody Whitehair was going to be a left guard. But when you think about position battles, right. A-Dub, right now, what's going to happen with those tackles? I think that's got to be the biggest position battle on that offense. It has to be what's going to happen there at offensive tackle. And you're right. I have no idea what's going to happen there. But you're right. It's a lot of battles going on with that, with Tevin Jenkins, Borum, and your boy Braxton. I don't know who got the edge right now. We've seen different guys. I'm the second press, but that battle is going to be very interesting to see who win it. And the one thing that we know, of anything that we've heard about Matt Eberflus, his real evaluation with this team doesn't start until the pads come up. And that's why training camps will be so important to a lot of positions on this team. And yep. I think at this point, that's when we see between Jones and Jenkins, who's going to be their guy. Because that's why I think it comes down to. I think Larry Borum has shown his organization enough that he's going to be one of the guys. I think right now they're trying to figure out what they have in Tevin Jenkins. Man, that would be sad based upon what always happened to Jenkins last season with the injury prayers and you know, and everything else. It's like, man, to not be that left tackle or might not even start on the offensive line, that'll be interesting. Very interesting, bro. True. But what did I mention to you before, A-Dub? Because now I mentioned about that right guard position and yep. Sam Mustafer kicked over the right guard, which I don't have a lot of confidence in that position. And who's to say that they're not trying to figure out a way of maybe kicking in Tevin Jenkins to guard? Maybe kicking in Larry Borum to guard? And so now when I look at this right guard position, don't you fans and audience do not Believe for one second that Sam Mustafer is safe over there at that right guard position. 
he's going to have some competition in training camp. And I guarantee you one of the odd people out in the offensive tackle battle is going to get kicked into guard. Yep. Whoever that is, friends, you're right. They're going to have to battle Sam Mustafer. And you're right, Sam, you got to step your game up if you really want that spot because uh, somebody is hunting to get that role. Because what we've learned from Matt Eberflus, A-Dub, is that all of these positions, especially there, I mean, all those different combinations that he has on the offensive line, that's just fluid and it's open. And they're keeping things flexible for a reason. Right. And the thing that you and I was talking about, Perez, is we do applaud people being that have that versatility. I get you can play multiple positions. You can play left tackle. You probably can play the right tackle. I, I give you some of you guys credit. But where are you going to be? What's going to be your main position coming into this season? Fair point. Because the thing is, if it is Borum and Jones at the tackle position, then okay, fine. Tevin Jig is either going to be the, the swing tackle or he moves in the guard or or just maybe they go out and get a veteran in free agency and right. put him in the right guard. There's so many ways they can go with this, A-Dub. I agree. That's an option. You're right. You still go out and get somebody. So, but at the end of the day, Perez, what you going to do? Just do it. Hey. Slot corner. We know this is going to be a position battle. A-Dub, on the last episode, you made your prediction that you thought Thomas Graham Jr. is going to win that job out. I can't wait to see that battle because I think that Thomas Graham Jr., he's going to be up for the challenge. Now, we got Tavon Young, the veteran, who I'm over here pulling for because, listen, man, <laughs> injuries have robbed Tavon Young of some opportunities in the, in the National Football League. And I think this guy's I got agree. a lot of talent. I thought it was a really savvy signing by Ryan Poles. But I think A-Dub, this slot corner, it's going to be a really good competition this summer. Yeah, and the other thing I was thinking about, Perez, you're right. Young have had, had some tough situations, man, definitely with the ACL injuries, Perez. Those kind of things add up and they hurt you, man. You know that already, Perez. That's one thing with Thomas Graham and Jr. Like, hey, you may have a chance to, you know, may have a shot to beat out Young. Not saying that Young not going to get no reps or anything in, Perez. It's just that, hey, who's going to kick it off, you know? But you're right. Seeing Young bounce back and be able to hold it down, that will be a great story for him for sure. But you know what? You got a young phenom on the way, in my opinion. Thomas Graham Jr. working, baby, trying to get that spot. But I was just saying, regardless of who wins out, I mean, we're going to have some depth at that position finally. Because last season, yep. you, you, you audience, you guys know, that that, that position, cornerback, <laughs> slot corner, it was off. You know what I mean? I'm not going to retrace that on this show. But either still, even still, we're going to still have a lot more depth this season, and we're better for it. And I, and I do appreciate the fact that what Ryan Poles did with that position, especially on defense. I thought he's done a really good job of shoring up some uh, some holes that we had. And that is the depth piece right there because that's something we've always been lacking in, really. You know, Tavion Young can't go, do we got somebody else ready, right? If Thomas Graham can't go, do we have somebody else ready? So it's like having depth pieces, that's what you need in, the, in this business. So at least we'll know that, hey, we got two guys that probably can be successful with it, have the chance of being successful with it. Now, you talked about wide receiver earlier. You talked about chemistry. I think wide receiver is another position battle that we – the wide receiver position is another area where I expect to see a lot of position battles for spots because we talk about it so much on the show, A-Dub. Outside of Darnell Mooney and probably Byron Pringle, we don't know how the rest of that wide receiver core is going to pan out. You got a lot of guys vying for four or five spots. I totally agree with you. You got Daz Newsom, St. Brown, right? You got Sharp. Dante Pettis, you don't know what's going to happen with, with those guys. Who's going to take the take the lead there, Perez? But they all getting a fair shot to show what they're able to do. So it's going to be an interesting battle with those guys fighting. Yeah, don't forget about Velas Jones either. You know, he's in this, you know, as well. So to your point, though, 
you got a lot of guys, man, vying for them spots. And that's going to be heated competition. But I will tell you this. I look for Pettis and Sharp to definitely probably end up making this team. So you got to think about that. Now you probably got Vellis, Mooney, Pringle, Sharp, and Tajay, uh, Tajay Sharp, and Dante Pettis. Now you got right. the other guys fighting for those other spots. Ooh. <laughs> and the thing is, with that competition, if you want something, you got to earn it. So, and the good thing is that, as we keep talking about, Perez, there's no bias going on right now. So no. everyone has a fair shot at earning what they want. And it's going to get tough and tougher, man, as them pads get on, Perez. It's going to be tough, baby. Now, I spoke about defense and how I like the fact that Ryan Poles has incorporated a little bit better depth. Nose tackles another position, A-Dub, that I think with us transitioning to the 4-3 defense mm -hmm. and losing all the starters that we did, Hakeem Hicks, Andy Goldman, and Bilal Nichols. Yeah. And losing out on Big Larry. Now, I know we signed Justin Jones. He's going to be that starting three technique. But that nose guard position, A-Dub, I think Angelo Blackson, we talk about Big Tonga. That's going to be a position that we're going to be looking at. Mike Pendle, who came in here, yeah. A-Dub, yep. mm -hmm. from the Chiefs. That's another guy that they brought in for depth purposes. So my thing is that nose tackle position, audience, don't forget about that one. Because I still think Tonga still has to earn it. Can't be given anything here, Perez. I thought he done some good things last season. You and I talked about. But, man, still got to go to the next level. So if he wants it, want to keep it and run with it, you got to come prepared, baby. You got to bring it. Well, when I look at that position, to your point, Tonga, who I think is going to be a nice emerging young player for this team, Yep. But when I look at Angelo Blackson, I look at him. He can play. He's very versatile. He is. And, you know, we talk about that versatility on this team a lot. And I think that probably might give him an edge over Tonga because he's experienced and he can play multiple roles on that defensive line. And I like his toughness too, man. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he was to be the one, right, Perez? Because you're right. He, could, he, he got that versatility. You make a good point there. So it's going to be a good battle between both of them. What's more important, <laughs> Blackson, right. who got a little bit more versatility there. So you can go either way with it, but they both give you two different looks. And like I said, I was bringing up Pendle earlier. He's got experience in the 4-3. So even yeah. whoever loses out, you still got a lot of depth there at the position. So I, I really um, like what Poles has done there. Last position battle, A-Dub, that I wanted to get into with you is a strong side linebacker. So obviously, we're moving down to that 4-3. Is a greater need at that linebacker position, right? And especially right. when you think about Roquan Smith, hey, you got to have some people by him that's ready to roll. Right. And now they signed Nicholas Moreau. That was your boy yep. that you met at the at the Bears draft party. Mm -hmm. And they'll probably end up putting him, what, at the weak side or the middle linebacker role with uh, with Roquan Smith. But when you look at the other guys, it's like, okay, well, then who's going to play at the strong side? It's going to be Matt Adams. You know, he got into a little bit of trouble there in the offseason, but – he was one that they were looking at. Our, our buddy, friend of the podcast, Caleb Johnson, is he going to get us a shot? We don't know. But right now, I feel like this might be Matt Adams' job to lose if he can stay out of trouble. But I also look at Caleb Johnson and say, hey, don't sleep on him now. Yeah, don't sleep on Caleb. He showed some things last season, but again, it's like he's a guy that, that can still make make some improvement for us, that can still grow. Hey, look, got a lot of talent, I believe, in my, from my perspective, but that's a kid that can really emerge for us. So if he continues to develop, he could be one of those guys that come to show us something this coming season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, look, Ado, before we get out of here, let's review our draft class and let's kind of talk through what we expect their roles to be over the course of this 2022 season. So I'm going to start off with talking about Doug Kramer. 
offensive lineman. We also had Jatir Carter, and we also had Zach Thomas. So these are all guys that were drafted towards the bottom of the draft. So what right. do you expect their role to be here in this 2022 season? I don't think they're going to have big roles, Perez. Um, it should be probably minor, very minimal, a big role this coming season. Still, I think they still in development mode, Perez. They might play, again, role be very limited in their playing time. So, uh, you know, I still think these guys are still on the cusp of still getting better and, and trying to be better players um, and still growing. So I think we got to give these guys some time. Yeah, I think I'm with you, too. I think these guys are all competing to make the final 53-man roster, which they probably will. But one thing that's kind of interesting, so Thomas and Kramer saw reps with the starters during mandatory minicamp. And so that's probably an indication that they're competing for backup jobs. So that's a good sign to see. So more than likely, they'll probably be reserves. They'll probably make the 53-man roster. Yeah, nothing wrong with having those guys in reserves, Perez. I think that's cool, too, but we still can use the depth. All right, what about safety Elijah Hicks? Elijah Hicks, I still think he's going to be somebody that's going to be battling DeAndre Houston Carson for probably that third spot, you know, uh, from a safety standpoint. I think he has a chance for his, but, um, you know, it's still going to be a battle for him. So I think his role probably going to be limited because the thing is, I know DeAndre Houston Carson is someone that we're pretty still high on. And I think the Bears gave him that one-year deal because they see something in him. So it's going to be a little bit tough for Elijah to get some reps in. Well, I thought uh, Elijah Hicks, when the Bears drafted him, I thought it was a, it was a, it was a good quality draft pick because the only reason why Hicks fell in the draft in the, in the first place is because he broke his foot training for the East-West Shrine game. So when I look at a guy like that, to your point, A-Dub, if he's healthy, he's not going to factor into any sort of starting equation this season because we're good there. We got Eddie and we got Jacaron Brisker. However, right. I think that Hicks has the potential to develop into a decent free safety down the road. Down the road, And yes. I think that to your point – I think he'll probably end up making the team and probably be someone that'll get kind of vibe with uh, with Houston Carson. He'll probably be like a uh, special teams player and a reserve, I think, in the upcoming season. And I can see that for sure, right? If you say a prayer special team, I can see him there without a doubt. Now, there's a guy that went undrafted, Jack Sanborn, who was really impressive to the organization over the course of the offseason program, linebacker from Wisconsin. So, A-Dub, what do you think his role is going to be here in the 2022 season? I think you hit him in the head when you were talking about, you know, Morrow and Roquan Smith, who's going to back those guys up, right? I think he has a chance, man. I, I, I think he can be somebody that could come in and, you know, get some 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 reps and prayers. Uh, I don't think his role going to be huge, right, because we know that Roquan loves to play. <laughs> you know, we know Morrow wants to get his shot in. So he's going to be a guy that play a limited role, and I can see him getting some, getting some chances. But he's going to be in the reserve role. Yeah, I think so as well. I was actually surprised um, that he went – undrafted because when I was following him in the Big Ten, this guy always made plays. I mean, he was always in the backfield, had so many tackles for a loss. I see, and he actually sacked the quarterback a decent amount as well. But when it comes to this current 2022 team and his role, I agree with you, probably more of a reserve, more of a special teams contributor. Mm -hmm. But I think you hit it right on the head, having that guy backing up Morrow, Roquan, and so forth. I think that would be a really good spot for him. But I think he's got a really good chance to make this 53-man roster. I think so, too, Perez. And I hope he makes it, man. All right. Trusted Ebner, running back. Man, I think he has a chance of being the third running back on this team, Perez. I, I believe so, man. After Montgomery, Cleo Herbert, I think he has the chance. He can also probably play on um, kickoff and punt return. I think he'll probably have some time there as well. But I think this is a guy who'll probably make the roster and can do dual things. So he could be a guy spared the moment someone to get injured. You know how it is the season. But I think he's somebody we still keep on the roster that can help out in many different ways. Yeah, I mean – 
A-Dub, I think you pretty much summed it up perfectly. I think he'll probably end up having that third running back spot. I think that he is probably going to end up getting some time in special teams. Yep. On return, kickoff return, as you mentioned. But because of his versatility, I also expect for him to carve out a small little role on offense because whether it's a receiver, whether it's like, you know, out of the backfield on like some jet sweeps, I think they're going to find some unique ways to get him out um, in the mix. So – I, I, like think he's gonna, I think he's going to figure in pretty nice. I think they're going to find a way to get him on the field. Dominique Robinson, defensive end. I can see him on the reserve role, Perez, probably special team. You know, I think he a guy still in development mode, I believe. Uh, I like him as an edge rusher, but still going to need some more time for development, Perez. So I can see him, you know, again, special teams and reserve. Yeah, I think, A.W., once again, you summed it up very well here. I also see this. I also see the same thing with Dominique. I think reserve, special teams type of guy. Now you got to look at it. The Bears drafted Travis Gibson a couple seasons ago and it kind of viewed him as like a developmental prospect. And That's it's true. the same way that I view Dominique Robinson. But you know what was really interesting? When Travis Gibson spoke about Dominique Robinson, he said that Dominique Robinson was way he's way ahead of where he was at as a rookie. So that goes to show you that. Travis is like putting it out there, like, look, I had to, you know, grow into this role and I had to like figure things out. He's like, hey, this kid, he's all right. And so it, it bodes well for the future with this pick of having a guy, Dominique Robinson, who Travis Gibson already feels like he's kind of emerging already or he's kind of getting there. So I think to piggyback off what you said, reserve role, but I, I think he has the potential to be exactly what a lot of us are predicting that Travis Gibson is going to be here in this 2022 season in the future. That's mad respect right there. First of all, here Gibson said, but to your point, Chris, you're spot on. If he continues so that growth, we're pretty much saying the upside is there for him, the ceiling. So if he can continue to make those steps there, Perez, hey, the sky's the limit, man. I'm hoping he can turn into a, a Travis Gibson because you have high hopes for Gibson this coming season. 12 sacks, baby. 12, 12 sacks. <laughs> yeah. As far as this season right here, I think he'll get into the rotation there a little bit, probably get some yeah. reps, but mostly special teams, guy. But he'll definitely make the 53-man roster. All right, punter Trenton Gill. Oh, that's his spot, man. Yes, um, sir. <laughs> he, he, there's no way. <laughs> With Pat O'Donnell gone, man, it's all yours, man. You don't got to look over your shoulder to worry about anything. Just go out there and do your job and do a great one at that. Yeah, Ryan Winslow, who they signed, they released him. So, like you said, they, this was a no-brainer. This is his job. Right. <laughs> Just handle your business. And honestly, we don't even really want to talk about the punter all that much. You do your job. We'll never talk about you on this show. <laughs> Best facts right there, friend. My, the one thing that I will say, and I brought this up a little bit last season or a little bit earlier in the offseason, with losing Pat O'Donnell, he had that chemistry with Cairo Santos because he was the holder. Now, it's going right. to be very important for Trent Gill to make sure that he has that same chemistry because we don't want Cairo to start to lose his way, you know what I'm saying? Because chemistry and everything is important in your special teams, especially – with the holder and the kicker. Well, I hope he don't screw it up. I'm just hoping that, hey, this chemistry here still works and Carol Santos still look great. Yes, sir. All right, Braxton Jones. This is the one here, Perez. He got a shot at the, at the LT, man, left tackle. I don't know if he's going to get it or do know for sure he is going to play. He's going to get some reps, man. He's going to get a lot of playing time. I'm just not sure where it's going to be. Oh, he could be the one that won that left tackle job. The audience, you guys know what I'm about to say on this one because I said <laughs> during our draft recap that this man will be starting at left tackle. I said, do not be surprised. You said, right now, heading into training camp, 
He's the guy at left tackle, potentially. And I think if I'm making my prediction right now, I say that he's the likely starter in week one. I really feel really confident Ooh. about that. Man, Prez. I just want him to hold his own ground and show the world, hey, what he's, what he's made of. Hey, listen, fifth-round draft pick. A lot of people knew that this kid had potential and talent. They, most people said, oh, down the road, he's going to be a left tackle prospect. Well, it looks like the Bears saw something earlier. They're like, no, we're going to try to get him out on the field now. So this thing, right. you look at this. Entering training camp with, as the number one guy there, it's showing, like, hey, listen, they got confidence in you, and it's your job to lose. That's true. I would have just loved to see him and Khalil Mack go ahead up in training camp. Man, that would have been an awesome dynamic. Man, that would have been beautiful right there. But it is what it is. Especially since we don't know what's going to happen with Robert. So he ain't going to have no matchups potentially either. Man, that's a tough right there, what's going on with Robert. But that's another story too, Prez. I just wish you, you want to see this kid go and get some of the best, right? And that's what right. I want to see. And I think that's what we've been robbed of right now, Prez. Yeah, exactly. Because iron sharp is iron. Everybody knows that. And yep. uh, that, that's why I also think that it's kind of like a – it's unfortunate for Braxton because you want him to face off one of the best, one of the most premier – one of the premier pass rushers in the league in Robert Quinn. That's Travis, Gibbs, Travis Gibson, we know that he's, he's ascending. But, it's, you know, it's levels to this now. It's that's true. <laughs> we saw Robert Quinn did last season. <laughs> that wasn't enough for you to know what the levels look like. Hey, you even watching football. So, hey, I would love to see this kid get a chance to get a taste of that, you know, that action there, man. But it's kind of unfortunate at this point right now. But we'll see. Still got time. Yep. All right, A-Dub, Vellis Jones. I can see Vellis Jones as the number three wide receiver press on this team. Yes, sir. I see that, too. I mean, you got to think about it. This organization during the offseason, they were hyping him up. They were uh, talking about the different ways that they were excited to use him. He's going out to Atlanta to train with uh, Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields. Yep. I don't see any way that this kid is not the number three receiver. Yeah, he's putting the work in, Perez. You and I talked about this already being the, the only one of his kind on this team that can do that kind of stuff. You know, um, we talk about, so this kid got a lot, man. I like his speed. I, I like the young guy. I mean, I, I'm just hoping that it all works out for him, continuing to train, with work out with Money Moon and, 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 and Justin Fields, and that kind of help him get, get better, man, throughout this um, training camp. Listen, like we talked about the speed, I think that they're going to find really cool ways to utilize his run after the catch ability. I think that's something yep. we're going to see a lot of. And Darnell Moody, I mean, he raved about this kid and said he's got a potential to be a big-time playmaker in this offense. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm here for it, Money Moon. I'm here for it. Yes, sir. I want to see that playmaking ability more often, man. All right, A-Dub, right, Jaquan Brisker. Oh, stop starting that safety, man, without a doubt. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> we know this game, Perez. But what I will say this, Perez, people may call me crazy, but I think this kid has a chance of being a pro bowler his first year. Hmm. A little hot take. Okay. A-Dub, I, listen, if that happens, I'm here for it. But I'm a I'm – a, um, Jaquan, I'm, I'm, I told you that I thought you was going to be the best player out of this whole draft class. So – me and A-Dub, we kind of put a lot of uh, pressure on you now. I, I hope it ain't too much for you. I know it ain't. I know it ain't. You built for this shit, bro. You built for this shit. I'm with you there, friends. I think you built for this. But at that heart, I mean, he's very competitive. You know that already, but I'm friends. So I, I think he built for this stuff too, man. I'm with you. Listen, the versatility, the fact that this kid's got turnover, uh, turnover making ability and that DNA of his, we've heard about the offseason, how he was out there creating uh, 
wrecking havoc on the practice field. Man, I can't wait to see him out there at Hallis Hall this summer. I mean, bruh, I can't believe that he fell to the Bears when he did. I, I think he's the steal of the draft for the Chicago Bears. I really do. I really think this kid right here was a home run pick by Ryan Poles. I love everything that he's about, and I just can't wait to see him out there on the football field. And I will say this, Chris, Eddie Jackson is going to love playing with this kid. I hope so because he's physical. And Eddie Jackson needs to have somebody like that playing next to him because then maybe Eddie can go back to freelancing a little bit. And maybe we can see Eddie back there making explosive plays. So we'll see what happens. But I'm telling you, he's physical, man. He ain't ain't (laughs) afraid to put his fucking hat on somebody now. (laughs) That's what I like right there, Perez. Our last guy here, Kyler Gordon. Yep, Kyler Gordon. I think he's going to be a starter as well, Perez. Seeing him being a starter, definitely I can see that happen. Yeah, I think there's no way that he's not starting at corner. If for some reason he doesn't, then something very bad had happened because I, I just don't see it. I mean, corner was the weakest position on this team last year. They shorted yep. up. Drafting Kyler Gordon, who also has – he's known for creating turnovers, right? And that's going to be something on this defense that's going to be a premium this season. Now, we talked about with Gordon that he missed the final week of OTAs and mandatory minicamp. The injury was undisclosed, but they're saying it was minor. So we'll just see. I'm, I'm, they're saying that he's expected to return for training camp. And I think once he gets out there, he'll lock down that starting role. All I want to do is send him in training camp. That's what I want to see, Perez. Yes, sir. Audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support and helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're the Bears Central, and we are out. <laughs>